This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Crowd on their feet here at Tropicana Field. Two on, two out, one in. Swing and a miss. He struck him out and the Rays win. This is Rays Radio. Looped in the air to center field. Charging Kiermaier still coming on. Dives and he, did he hold it? Welcome to Countdown to Opening Day. Yes, he did, and the side retired. Coming up, we bring you the inside scoop from Rays players, coaches, and front office executives as the Rays prep for 2016. 0 pitch, lifted down the left field line. Pierce giving chase to the corner, to the wall, off the pole, it's a home run! Evan Longoria with a two-homer night. To get you ready for Opening Day, here are the voices of the Rays. Welcome, everyone, to Countdown to Opening Day, our weekly show, Thursday nights. And we are truly counting down to Opening Day, April 3rd, for the Rays against the Toronto Blue Jays. That's when the 2016 Rays season starts off as we count backwards until it's finally here. With Dave Wills, I'm Andy Free. We are in Clearwater today, and Neil Solons will be along with us in just a little bit also here at Bright House Field with the Rays. Dave did win 6-1 to today over the Phillies. Home runs were one of the big stories. Big story with the home runs, no doubt. One of the guys that we'll talk with, Neil, will talk with Steve Pearson a little while, was able to square one up in his third at bat. And, uh, again, uh, you know, good to see. The Rays were trying to look for a little more thump in this lineup, and, uh, you know, the the runs, I think, have been there a little sporadically. Obviously, it's spring. It's March the 17th. By the way, happy St. Patty's That's Day, it. everybody out there uh, on this uh, Thursday as we uh, had a little touch of green here in uh, Clearwater as the Phillies wore their green uniforms today. But, you know, Steve Pierce, good to see him square one up. And then we had a couple of other home runs. Logan Forsyth, you were wondering, all right, well, how's he going to look? And then his first at bat. Uh, a couple of pitches in. He took a 2-0 pitch, I think it was, over the wall for a home run. Richie Schaefer hit another bomb. And then Mikey Matuk with a home run as well. So the the offensive part was uh, was there as far as the home runs were concerned. And then on the mound, Matt Moore looked really, really good. Now, again, the Phillies are, are, are kind of a team that's in transition right now. Nobody really knows how they're going to be. But they've been off to a pretty decent start so far here in the spring at 11-4-2 coming in. But Matt Moore was utilizing all his pitches, 95-mile-an-hour fastball with some good movement to it. Uh, he was breaking off some uh, breaking pitches, also changing up. The only pitch that he probably would like to have back was, I think, an 0-2 pitch that he threw to Ryan Howard that he hit over the wall in uh, right field. It was kind of a 92-mile-an-hour nothing pitch on 0-2, and you're not going to sneak, even as Ryan Howard gets a little bit older, you're not going to sneak too many nothing pitches by him. So a lot of positives to take away from today's game, no doubt. The one thing that you kind of walk away going, I hope it's not bad, Evan Longoria only batted one time today, fouled the pitch off his left shin, and he's got a shin contusion. Now, usually that's something that uh, really is day-to-day, but they probably wanted to get some uh, work on it uh, and, and get him out of the ballgame after the first inning. But overall, a very, very positive St. Patrick's Day here in Clearwater. People may wonder, why do those ballplayers all wear those shin guards on their on their legs? Well, that's the reason, and it, it probably hurts more even in August and September than it does here in March, but it doesn't feel good, so it was good that the Rays got him out of there, and let's hope it's nothing worse than just a contusion, which basically is a deep bruise 
Uh, it doesn't feel good, but they got him out. And then Richie Schaefer got it in, as you mentioned, just hit a titanic home run later on. But I want to touch on Matt Moore a little bit because, you know, Dave, his velocity was there and the breaking stuff was there. Is it me or is it his command and his stuff maybe even looking a little bit better than it was prior to the Tommy John surgery? I mean, it's, a bit, it's been a long road back, but, you know, remember, he was kind of dropping down into the low 90s with velocity. It was there at 95 from, like, first pitch today. And sure looked to me that the stuff was there that I know we'll see him next on the mound in Cuba. And that'll be an adrenaline boost also because he'll be doing it in front of 50,000. But today in front of a packed house of 11,000, he looks like he is ready to go. Yeah, he looked very, very good. The ball, as we like to say, was coming out of his hand nicely. Uh, had uh, you know nice uh, repetition of his delivery. As we like to say, he had pitchability today. It wasn't just about the 95-mile-an-hour fastball. He was changing speeds. He was breaking it off. I think, you know, again, he had everything going. And I'm sure that's what he said after the ball game. He felt very, very good. And that's a positive sign because this was an all-star. This is an all-star left-hander that you're adding to your rotation after a healthy offseason. So, you know, the last time he had a full healthy offseason, I made it to the All-Star game and uh, had a very good inning in that All-Star game. I think he only threw nine pitches in that frame. So, you know, he, he can be a difference maker. Right now they probably have him, what, slotted as maybe the number four guy in the rotation. That might have something to do with left, right, left, right. I mean, the Rays don't really get caught up in numbers. But if Matt Moore can return anywhere near to what he did a couple of seasons ago before he uh, hurt his elbow, what a huge boost because, again, I think right now on paper you look at this Rays rotation and you know – that it's probably among the best, if not the best, within the division. It's definitely among the best in the American League. It might be one of the top five in all of baseball. It may very well be. The next time we see Matt Moore on the mound will be next Tuesday when we are in Havana, Cuba, where the Rays are going to play that historic game against the Cuban national team uh, with all sorts of dignitaries, including we you know, expect the President of the United States to be there. Uh, and to be on the mound for that, it's going to be a huge adrenaline uh, boost and the Rays set the roster this week or what it looks like it's going to be the roster I know it's a friendly game but rosters need to be set the big story is Dayron Verona coming back and who knows if we'll even see him during the season but what a story for him going back to Cuba having not seen family in over three years he's going to be uh, isolated as part of his in, own individual press conference at one point that's how big a story it is down in Cuba that he's coming back also so that's a big moment and uh, many of the usual suspects outside of that are uh, who's going to be going to Cuba I know that a lot of the guys in the clubhouse uh, watch a lot of soccer. I, I usually don't, but we all under, understand the term friendly. I mean, we are going to keep score. There's going to be a lot of national pride involved. And when you look at the Rays uh, lineup and you look at the roster that they're bringing, it's almost everybody from the 40-man roster. I mean, these are guys that there's a pretty good chance you're going to see them throughout the season in a Tampa Bay Rays uniform. So we're not bringing a bunch of uh, number 80, 80s, and 90s guys. We're bringing guys that you're probably going to see at the big league level and for sure at Durham uh, this coming season. So what does that mean? Do the Rays go in there and are they trying to win? You know, I know they want to win. As I've always said, if you're keeping score, you want to win. But uh, we're going to have some regulars in there to start. And we're going to have uh, guys that are going to play a lot at the big league level to finish. But as you said, uh, Diane Verona, to be able to go back home, to, to, to be the only guy that was a, a Cuban-born player on the team, uh, it was nice to see that the players pushed to get him onto the roster. Uh, he gets a chance to go home and see some friends and family that he hasn't seen in several years. And it's going to be a great moment. I think, again, I'm kind of looking forward to how this all plays out. Uh, when the Orioles were there in 1999, what, 55,000 people showed up to the game. And, you know, as most of us have been saying, this is a little bit of a disruption 
to spring training because, you know, you and I, I know I do anyway, I like to brag that we're probably the last broadcasters in Major League Baseball to get on a plane because we're able to drive to spring training and we live here in the state of Florida. But, uh, you know, to, to have to travel, to have to check into hotels, to throw everything off a couple of days, it will be a little bit of a disruption, but I think it's also going to be a nice little break from the uh, the kind of uh, drag that spring training can be. I mean, this is, uh, as we'll talk about with Tom Foley, who's also one of our guests here on this Countdown to Opening Day show tonight, uh, this is one of those mileposts uh, dates as far as spring training is concerned because now you're at St. Patrick's Day and, you know, the, the very, very beginning of spring training is way, way now in the background. The beginning games now have already kind of settled in now for almost a little over a couple of weeks, and now you're getting to within a couple of weeks of opening day. So, uh, you know, we're, we're, we're kind of finishing up the dog days of spring training. Guys are starting to stay in the game a little bit longer. When we get back, as we'll talk about with Tom here as well, we get back from Cuba, you're going to start to see more of a semblance of a regular lineup. Uh, you're going to see the guys that uh, Kevin Cash in the front office and uh, Derek Shelton want to see batting around each other. And we'll see a little more of a, uh, again, hopefully a flow to this lineup that uh, we'll see against lefties, against righties, that uh, will allow this team hopefully to score some more runs than we did a year ago. And I really hear what you're saying, too, about the drag of spring training. Everybody gets pumped up when it starts because the games are started again. But let's face it, you, you reach that midway point of spring training. Opening day is still kind of a, a distant thought. Uh, and you get this to provide some energy. I mean, as you said, there's going to be over 50,000 people there. And, look, these guys are, are, are bred to compete. These are professional athletes. And I don't care that the game doesn't count with regard to a regular season, but you put 50,000 and it's going to be a loud, energetic crowd. Uh, national TV, of course, us doing the ball game too on Rays Radio. It, it's going to be very, very exciting. I think it's an energy boost for the team at a point where spring training does start to drag a little bit. And, and then when we come back, uh, guys are going to play a little bit longer. Uh, they'll be doing a little more plays, not just, you know, kind of, I don't even want to say going through emotions, but, you know, the feeling that spring training has. And I like the fact that it's coming when it's coming, and it's going to be very good. Now, one guy that's going to be on the trip but not pitch is Chris Archer, but we do know Chris Archer is going to be pitching April 3rd, opening day against the Blue Jays. It was announced. We kind of wondered why it was taking so long, but the Rays finally did make that announcement that Chris Archer will be the opening day starter, and I think everybody knew that was going to be the case. And, you know, again, Chris even last year kind of felt that while he got the opening day start, it was kind of by default. It was a year ago today that Alex Cobb was on this mound against the uh, Phillies. And a uh, nice article today by Mark Topkin in the Tampa Bay Times about how, again, everything was kind of coming together for a guy that was uh, dinged up a lot. Uh, you know, guy that probably wasn't really supposed to make it to the big leagues did. Had the problem with the uh, the bone chip in his rib cage that led, that led to some arm problems. That had the problem with getting hit by a line drive that, you know, uh, again, worked his way. I mean, we saw Jeremy Hellickson today here in a, in a uh, Philadelphia Phillies uniform. And I remember when Alex Cobb got called up, we were all kind of wondering, well, if he can almost be like Alex Cobb, how good will he be? And it's, it's turned out that he had surpassed him until the injury. So a year ago at this time, Alex Cobb was supposed to be our opening day starter and then had that elbow discomfort and then ultimately had Tommy John surgery a couple of months later. But now we're looking at Chris Archer won it, plain and simple. He was the, the, the guy that was going to be the chalk in the clubhouse that was going to get the uh, – the, the opening day start, and I think hopefully he learned from last year's. I think he might have been, again, a little bit amped up. I think, again, one of the things that always seems to get Chris in trouble is when he tries to be more than Chris Archer. 
so hopefully he kind of settles in. It'll be interesting. Uh, Marcus Stroman, who will probably get the start for the uh, Toronto Blue Jays because we were looking at a couple other guys, but uh, I don't know if R.A. Dickey will get the start or what. But those guys are buddies, so it will be kind of interesting to see when they uh, hook up with one another, if indeed they do on April 3rd. But congratulations to Chris Archer, uh, his second opening day start, well-deserved and well-earned, no doubt. Absolutely, and like you said with uh, Alex Cobb, it was a very good piece uh, done by Mark Tompkins in the Tampa Bay Times today because you know, we don't forget about Alex, Alex Cobb. You know, he hasn't been here, but let's not forget, he was next in line. You know, he was the one slated to take the baton from David Price and be that opening day starter and, and had it within him. We were all ready for him to be the kind of anointed ace of the staff, but uh, that ended up being to Chris Archer, and, and that's all right. And I think you see support from guys like Chris Archer, and I like that he said that, uh, that if it was mixed feelings a bit last year because of his affinity for Alex. How about two Jake Odorizzi through in a minor league game this week, and who's there to watch him on the backfields? Chris Archer. I mean, it's one thing to say you're a leader, but it's another thing to show from your actions that you are. And I, I thought that was a nice sign. He, during some of the drills that you'd see and some of the backfield work before the games even start, Archer's there to support his teammates. So he really has grown into a guy that is a, truly an ace of the staff. And the Rays and most teams are hesitant to say, this guy's an ace. But you can tell, and Jim Hickey's pointed this out, he wants very much to be the ace. Well, he's got some leadership qualities as well, and he's trying to show some of that as well. So, you know, again, going in on a day when you're off, I mean, off days during spring training, I know there's a few more nowadays than there might have been in the past, but, uh, you know, they're few and far between. It was a chance to maybe sleep in and relax. Chris opted not to do it, went to the minor league field to watch Jake Odorizzi uh, pitch. Kevin Cash was there. Mark Topkin made sure that he was, uh, let us know that he was there. Rick Vaughn made sure to let us know that he was there as well. But uh, with all those guys, again, I was not there. Uh, but, you know, it's, it's, it's good to see, again, Chris Archer providing some of that leadership. Uh, it's the players' team. It's their team. I mean, these, this is how good teams come together. That's how you build the, uh, the bond between each other. And it's why, you know, again, I know that Kevin Cash is the manager of the team, but he understands that it's the players' clubhouse. And, and, and they, those are the guys that should be setting the rules. And, you know, when you, when you let the players kind of police themselves, uh, I think it, has, it goes a lot further because, you know, it's just like when a parent says something to their child. I know at the end of the day that's supposed to mean the most, but if a other kid says something to him, sometimes that sticks a little more, or another voice says something, and I think it's good to see, uh, see that, and I think uh, that's what we're kind of seeing here with the Rays. Now, on an interesting note, I was wondering uh, if kind you're of, a, get kind of a tie-in, you got the whole situation going out in Arizona. Now, I'm only seeing some thumbnail stuff on it, you know, off Twitter and off some other media reports, but uh, Adam LaRoche, uh, who had been battling kind of a nerve problem and had homered in, I think, his first game of the spring after having an awful year last year in his first year in Chicago, uh, got off to uh, the home run in his first game and then had the nerve problem, hadn't been back in the lineup, and then all of a sudden he just decides to quit, or at least at this point he's deciding to quit, and you wondered why. And the next thing you know, you find out it's because his son has been told not to spend as much time in the clubhouse by Kenny Williams, not by former, not his current teammates, not by manager Robin Ventura, but by a guy who's supposed to be sitting up in the tower, uh, Kenny Williams, who's not even in charge of day-to-day baseball operations even. Rick Hahn is their general manager who's supposed to be doing that. But it's Kenny Williams who comes down and says, I don't want him in the clubhouse all the time. So it's created quite a stir. Now we're seeing more uh, news that the White Sox were close to boycotting one of their spring training games. The players. The players were. And then there's also word now that Chris Sale, who is one of the leaders in the clubhouse, one of their best uh, players, the best pitcher on their team, one of the best pitchers in the game, really had a a tough conversation with Kenny Williams about what goes on within their clubhouse. And I kind of saw it firsthand 
going back in the early 2000s when he took over as general manager. He kind of usurped the power of uh, Jerry Manuel, their manager at the time, and then Jerry Manuel never really had a feel for that clubhouse the same again. So it's always kind of interesting to see when the uh, line and the chain of command gets kind of bounced around a little bit and players start to wonder, who do we have to answer to? Or... Bottom line, I thought this was our clubhouse, and now you've taken it away from us. Well, I, you wonder, if too, what it may do for Robin Ventura as the manager of the, of the White Sox. Do the players then say, hey, this guy's really not in control here? But, you know, it makes me think, too, about the players policing themselves. The issue that happened earlier in the race spring training when Chris Archer called out some of the young pitchers, that when players do it, it seems to go over much better yep. than when someone else, especially from someone from the front office, and does it so seemingly publicly. You know, Bob Nightingale wrote the article in the USA Today. That, that That's a national story, and it's become much of the conversation around spring training. It's going to be interesting to see. I mean, again, the White Sox were trying to clear the air a little bit from what was a very, very tough season a year ago when they brought in Adam LaRoche and a couple of other guys, David Robertson and a few other guys, Melky Cabrera, to try to turn their fortunes around. They did not have a good year. Uh, attendance was down. They fired Mark Parent, who was Robin's uh, bench coach, and brought in Rick Renteria, the former Cub manager, to be the bench coach. So, uh, you know, this was probably not the thing that they wanted to have kind of happen here. And why it happens on March 15th, March 16th, I don't know, but it did. And now we'll see how it plays out for them. Could it be one of those unifying things where you go back to Herb Brooks, who is the head coach of the U.S. hockey team that won the gold medal, and he wanted everybody to hate them or hate him, so, he, they, so they had kind of a unifying thing going. Could, could Kenny Williams be bringing a Herb Brooks uh, page out of his uh, past experience? Who knows? But uh, definitely probably not the thing they wanted to be happening here in March. But I'm glad it's happening out in Arizona. Yeah. I'm glad they're having all the issues. I, I like what I see right now. We'll hear from Tom Foley here in just a little bit yeah. about the positive energy that is surrounding this race camp. And that's what I like the most right now. I think we're getting back. We are back to the Rays of old where there's a lot of positive energy, a lot of uh, smiles, and a lot of relaxation that's back with this camp that may, you know, again, everybody's kind of still feeling their way last year, but it's definitely back here in 2016. Rays win today 6-1 to over the Philadelphia Phillies. Nine hits, four home runs today. Steve Pierce hit one. We'll talk to him in just a little while. But first, when we come back, Neil, or uh, no, we got a chance to talk to Tom Foley, Rays bench coach today prior to this Rays 6-1 to win in Philadelphia. Later, Neil's going to talk to Steve Pierce. And we've got all kind of stuff to come here on Countdown to Opening Day. Rays Baseball is back for 2016. Single-game tickets are now on sale. Don't miss your chance to be a part of the Rays' 11th straight sellout for Opening Day. Visit RaysBaseball.com or call 888-FAN-RAYS. Rays up with Dave Wells and with Chris Miller with us here at Bryce House Field. Neil Solons will be along in just a little bit. We're counting down to Opening Day. Rays beat the Phillies today. We'll come back and talk to Tom Foley on Countdown to Opening Day show 620 WDAE on the Rays Radio Network. Welcome back to the Countdown to Opening Day show on 620 WDE and the Rays Radio Network. With Andy Freed, I'm Dave Wills. And again, we're visiting right now with Tom Foley. And kind of a perfect lad to be chatting with on this St. Patrick's Day. Before we get to him, though, a reminder, you head over to Hooters after the game for our world-famous classic chicken wings tossed in our homemade signature sauce. Hooters, the original wing joint. And now we do indeed have a chance to chat with Tom Foley, kind of a fitting uh, guest on St. Patrick's Day. And uh, Tom... Uh, here we are, kind of one of those mile markers during spring training, kind of like the halfway point. And, uh, you know, there's been some a lot of good things, a lot of plus energy with this particular team. In your mind, how has spring training gone to this point? Uh, pretty smooth. Uh, yesterday was a welcome day off, uh, even though I feel more tired today than I, I would if we were at the ballpark yesterday. So, uh, you know, it's a good way to break it up in the middle of camp, uh, come back here, refresh. Guys got to stay at home, uh, play here today, and uh, stay at home again. So, 
it works out pretty well. A lot of energy has been going on around here. We, we, we've had a good camp. Uh, a lot of work has been taking place, and just try to keep it going till the end of camp. We've been asking this of everybody because it's the second year under this kind of coaching uh, alignment, so to speak. Of course, you've been the organization since the very beginning. We got used to you on the third base coaching lines, as everybody did. But last year, bench coach for the first time, and now bench coach for the second time. How different has this camp been for you? And uh, maybe what did you learn from being a bench coach in year one? Well, uh, as far as the difference of uh, the two years in spring training, there, there really isn't much. We, this year we attacked uh, more specific things in camp. Uh, we earmarked it and said we've got to go hard at this, something we need to get better at in those areas, and we've done that, and we'll continue to do that for the next couple weeks. Uh, as far as the bench coach goes, it was uh, it was good. Got to learn uh, Cash, how he's thinking during the course of the year and uh, how we were going to mesh together, and it worked out really well. Uh, and just just looking forward to another season with him. I, I think he's more relaxed. Uh, he has a better idea, like he said uh, the other night, that instead of walking into camp, said hi, uh, introducing himself to everybody, he knows everybody. So, uh, You know, we had talked about that, too. It seems like overall the entire franchise is one year more relaxed. I mean, everything that happened after the 2014 season with uh, you know Andrew leaving and then Joe leaving and then the upheaval within the front office, some guys moving around, guys moving over. It seems like last year was kind of like, I don't want to say walking on eggshells. We've mentioned this a couple of times, but I think people are still trying to find their footing. It seems like now we're back to the Rays way, back to where people are comfortable, people are smiling, people are having fun. And this was the Rays way, and one of the reasons why the Rays have gotten to the postseason as many times as they have since 2008. Yeah, you know, last year a lot of changes, obviously. Uh, but, but as the season went on, I thought everybody blended together pretty well. The guys in the new positions uh, took hold of that. Uh, Kevin came in here. He had his ideas, what he wanted to do. And, uh, you know, he went ahead and, and, and implemented those things. Uh, as far as the players uh, being receptive to Kevin, outstanding, great. Uh, so I think that transi- transition area went really well, and it's just carrying into this year. So You were talking about how maybe some more specific things you're working on here in camp. And you've, I mean, you've, been, you've run spring training so many times over the years, going back, what, now? I mean, you've been with the race since the very beginning. So spring training is not only nothing uh, that's not new for you, but it, it's something you've really cultivated and organized over the years. What are some of the specifics that, that uh, have been more, I guess, impressed upon this year compared to last year? And wh- what does it really mean to run a spring training? Because you've done it for so long. It's just make sure that everybody's where they're supposed to be or they know where they're supposed to be uh, when they're looking at the schedule. And, you know, sometimes it doesn't happen. Sometimes I make mistakes, too, and the guys are wondering where they're going. But for the most part, it's just organizing it and get it together. And then when you walk into camp, you have a, a real good idea of what we want to get after. You know, say whether it's PFPs, uh, being better at that, better running the bases. Uh, we've had, implemented a couple of drills this year with the minor leagues where we blended in and, and, and went down there. So, uh, you know, just little specifics, not big ones. Again, you know, we're going to pitch, we're going to play defense, and this year we're going to score a lot of runs. So uh, it looks pretty good going into the season. Visiting with Tom Foley, Rays bench coach here on our Countdown to Opening Day show on this St. Patrick's Day. Thus, we're visiting with the lad, Tom Foley, here. I'm with Andy Freed and along with uh, I'm Dave Wills. And Neil Solans will be joining us a little bit later on as he talks with Steve Pierce. Now, your main focal point, in addition to assisting Kevin on the bench, is with the defense. And I know as we look at the, uh, the Rays defense, it, it seems like it is built into our DNA. Pitching and defense, pitching and defense. And we've always hopefully had enough offense to get us to the postseason, which it did for four different seasons. Now we move some of that focal point to a little more offense. 
are, I don't know if it's going to be at the expense of the defense, but with that being said, Brad Miller, Logan Morrison, guys moving into a couple positions that uh, there, there is some question as to whether or not they are going to be as solid as we've had. I mean, you think back to the shortstops we've had over the years with uh, Jason Bartlett going back to 08, and then uh, last year as Drupal Cabrera was as steady as anybody can possibly be. Uh, take us through your thoughts on what Brad Miller's been like so far this spring. I know he's had some throwing issues, but uh, what do you see from him, and what do you like from him? Well, I mean, Brad came in here and obviously wanted to uh, have a good impression as soon as camp opened up. First couple games, made a couple errors and uh, got a little frustrated. Uh, For me, they're just a little mechanical changes that need to be made. Uh, We've been working at it. He's been working. He wants to work. He wants to get better. Uh, He is our shortstop. And, uh, you know, with his work habits, those little things that we have to tweak, he'll do it. And he's already done them. He's done them the last couple games. And it'll be continuously to the point where it's just reaction. You don't even think about it. Uh, we are defense. These guys that come into our organization know right away what we're about. Uh, I don't see it changing this year. I think the guys that we have are going to be solid. The pitching will obviously be solid. And, um, you know, mentioning the hitting, I was excited coming into camp because of the new additions we had. And after seeing them, I'm really excited for the season to start. Were you surprised at how steady and good on an everyday basis, Logan Forsyth was at second base last year. We knew he came along with the bat, but Dave and I were saying, how did he not get more consideration for Gold Glove? Now, I'm not saying he should have won it, or, but he should have been more in the mix, I thought, in the national discussion. This is a guy who was a really steady influence uh, at second base, and he has such a good arm. He has a left side of the infielder's arm, uh, so I think he can do some things that other second basemen can't. Yeah, well, that's a plus. You mentioned his arm. You know, when we do the shifts, we shift a lot of right-handed hitters as well as left-handed hitters. So when the second baseman goes on that side, I think it's more important that second basemen have that shortstop arm because uh, they got to make those throws over there and make those plays over there. But he was solid last year. He's not a guy that if he doesn't get it, he's going to complain or anything. He's just, he's just one of those dirt players that goes out there, keeps his mouth shut, and uh, performs. Uh, I expect the same thing from him this year, uh, nothing different. He's going to be solid. Uh, just looking around the whole infield, I, I don't expect anything. I know Cavi had a great year last year for us. He's gone. Brad's here. Um, I expect the same thing from everybody this, this coming year and, and play a solid defense. Everybody talks about Evan Longoria and how he might not be the same player that he was when he first came up in 08 and then 9 and 10 as he got settled into his big league career. But uh, people focus, it seems like, all the time on the offense. I thought he was back last year to being a gold glove third baseman. I thought, again, for a guy that you know uh, really didn't diminish any skills there, might have uh, booted a couple balls a couple years ago, but it looked to me like he was back being the gold glove third baseman that he had been when he uh, first came up, and uh, that's a big part of his game. It's a big part of our game, if he can make the plays over there at third base. You know, he's, he's a professional. I think, what is this, his ninth or tenth year uh, coming up here, and uh, he's performed every year. Again, third base guys, you look around the league in the defense uh, in the American League at third base, there's a lot of good third basemen, a lot of good third base. So he can have a gold glove year and not win gold glove, uh, and I've said that to him before. So, and again, he's eight, nine years under his belt. Uh, he knows what he's doing. Uh, he plays a solid third base, and if he wins the gold glove, he does. If he doesn't, that's all I want him to do is perform. You know, I tell these guys on the infield, you know, I want the cake, but no icing. Make all the routine plays, which is the cake. The icing, those are those ESPN play of the day where, uh, you know, you get on TV. and But just make the routine plays. Give me the cake, no icing. You know, and I was about to ask you, too, about how good third base is right now. You know, in the... I think I read once that in the Hall of Fame, the least represented position is third base, which is kind of surprising because you think some of the ones that are there were 
great, iconic, historic players. But in terms of numbers, it's such a difficult position. How unique is it right now that this division in particular is so good at third base between Evan and Donaldson and Machado, Headley in New York, Sandoval as big as he is, what he can get to, he's got pretty soft hands. How uniquely uh, special is this right now, the third base in this American League East? Yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's real special. Those are a lot of, you, know, you forget Beltran, I'm yeah. sure Seeger. I mean, a lot of guys out there. A lot of guys perform, play well, hit. You know, it's an offensive position, and every one of these guys are doing it as well as playing defense. So for me, you got you got a couple guys that can make the Hall of Fame if they play longevity with their with their uh, career if they stay in the game. But yeah, it's it's from across the board in the American League. It's just solid. And you know what? You can't don't take anything away from them. Only one guy can win it. Uh, I'm talking about the Gold Glove. But uh, candidate-wise, eight, nine guys. Visiting once again with Tom Foley, Rays bench coach here on our Countdown to Opening Day show here on 620 WDA and the Rays Radio Network. And, uh, Tom, let's get back to your gig as bench coach. I mean, I do miss getting to certain ballparks or even here in spring training where people are screaming out, send them, Foley, send them. I, I miss that. I mean, uh, you, know, I, I, <laughs> I, I, you know, again, I think uh, Charlie's done a wonderful job over there. But now, you know, you touched a little bit about learning kind of some of Kevin's thought processes during the season. Are there certain managers uh, or certain teams that you really do look forward, though, to uh, bench coach against, if you will, because if you try to get into the, the heads of other managers or start to get a feel for what they may or may not do, I mean, it's got to be kind of an exciting process to know against certain teams this is going to be a card game, and it's going to be a fun one. Yeah, but, you know, going into, going into a series, you, you pretty much know how they're using their rosters, uh, who's pinch hitting for who, uh, who's going to play against who. So those are all pretty clear going into the series. There may be a hiccup during the course of a game where they may throw you a curveball, and, uh, you, you know, you're sitting there, and you think they're going to do something they don't, or vice versa, and it kind of, you know, catch you by surprise. But for the most part, we're following them. We know what they have on the bench. We know the pitchers they have in the pen. They know how they're going to match up against us and what we're going to do. So uh, for the most part, there's, there's, there's not a whole lot of surprises. I think the surprise would be is if a move isn't made by somebody else. You know, and, and, and a couple of questions here before I hand it back over to Andy, though. One, it seems to me like Buck Showalter might be one of those guys because I, I think Buck sometimes thinks he has to outthink everybody. And, uh, you know, there were times over the last couple of years you're wondering, why isn't he, he's got a guy warming up. Why isn't he going there? And I'm sure that's got to leave you guys kind of scratching your heads. And how different is your game prep for, as a bench coach as it was when you were a third base coach, or is it even all that much different? Well, there's, uh, it's not a whole lot different. I still have the infielder, so i got to get them and, and uh, make sure they're playing where they're supposed to when the, season's, when the series starts. So uh, once you get through that, then you look at the other things that they have, uh, who they've been using late, early, uh, who are their guys that are just match up, one guy and out, uh, and, and go from there. And then when, this, when the game starts, it's basically me making sure that the info is in the right spots and then following and talking with Cash. You know, there's a lot of dialogue uh, with Kev. Uh, it, it was great last year. You know, there's some managers, the guys that have been around a while, they, they, they may not even use a bench coach. He's there, but uh, he knows exactly what he wants to do and nothing wrong with that, and he does it. Uh, Kev, on the other hand, last year, first year, a uh, lot of dialogue. Talked to Shelty as far as pinch hitters, myself, and uh, used the whole staff. So will it be different this year? I... I don't know. I don't know how much, but I know he'll be, he'll be more acclimated to what's going on. I do want to touch on base running also because uh, that is got to be the most underappreciated part 
of of a baseball game. I mean, it, it it affects runs, it affects defense, it affects so much, and yet we tend to overlook it. And I'm not even talking about a guy maybe cutting the bag close, but maybe taking the extra base, uh, how important that is. They used to have this number of teams that go from first to third better than others. And, and uh, tell us about how important base running is and what you guys are doing to stress that here in spring training. Well, I mean, we knew we had to work on it. There's an old saying that says you want to be aggressive but intelligent. You know, you might have a guy that runs until he gets tagged. That's not the guy we want. Uh, we don't want to just give outs just to give outs away. Uh, so, you know, we want to be a, more, a little bit more intelligent on the bases, take the extra bases. We still want to push the envelope. Uh, Franklin the other day with two outs hit a ball to right center field on, um, I forget who was playing center field, but uh, a smart play. He tried to take second base. Guy made a perfect throw, the third out of the inning. Uh, but uh, he's stretching it, trying to get there, and probably do it 10 out of 10 times in that situation. So those are the things we're looking for. Uh, the other thing is just running into outs. Uh, you know, uh, we got to take those things away. We just can't give outs away. Uh, we, don't, we can't afford to do that. Uh, we don't want to do that. We want to be smarter, and, and, and we're trying to concentrate on that in spring training. During spring training, especially early on in the games uh, portion of it, it's kind of just, I don't want to say throw the bats out there and let the guys just play, but you don't want to get too much in the way of guys trying to show what they can possibly do. I know that Kevin mentioned that uh, maybe when we get back from Cuba early next week, that that's when we'll start to get more of a semblance of maybe how the lineup will be, and maybe you start implementing a few more uh, run and hits or hit and runs or bunt plays or what have you. Is that probably, will that be the focal point probably within the next week to 10 days? Yeah, absolutely. The last, when we get back from Cuba and we start playing the games, I think we may have five home games at, uh, at Port Charlotte, but we'll get our final workouts done there, uh, five days, co- try to cover as much as we can. And as the games go on, guys will play deeper in the game. Uh, pitchers are going to go longer. Uh, you know, the rosters will be shaved down, obviously, so those guys will have to play a little bit longer, and you want them to. And we're going to start, you know, he'll hit and run more. He's done it before in the, the games, but he'll probably do more. We'll probably pinch hit maybe as the season uh, spring training comes to an end uh, just to give the feel of what, what guys' roles are going to be like. So, yeah, everything in the last week on our We'll start to come closer to game-like situations when we get there. Tom, as always, thanks for taking the time to join us. We really appreciate it, and I know you will go out and enjoy St. Patrick's Day to its fullest tonight. I definitely will. I'm sure you will too, Dave. Thanks, Andy. <laughs> Maybe a little differently than you, but yes, indeed. All right, he's Tom Foley, who joins us here on St. Patrick's Day in our countdown to opening day show. Hey, the Rays are offering new weekday specials all season long. Enjoy discounted hot dogs, kids' tickets, and many more weekday deals throughout the 2016 regular season. For more information, visit RaysBaseball.com or call 888-FAN-RAYS-RAYS-UP. With Andy, I'm Dave. Neil Solon sits down with Steve Pierce, and that conversation will come your way in just a little bit after this on your home for Rays Baseball, 620 WDAE and the Rays Baseball Network. Catch the latest episode of Rays Rookies airing this Sunday at 11.30 a.m. on Fox Sports Sun. It features two of your <clears throat> favorite Rays radio broadcasters, plus <laughs> top ten plays, bloopers, and more. That's Rays Rookies Sunday at 11.30 on Fox Sports Sun. Andy, uh, again, Steve Pierce back in the lineup today. We talked about his day a little bit earlier, but again, just to reiterate, if you are just joining us, uh, Neil sat down with him uh, earlier in the week. We had a chance to chat with him, but again, a nice day today. Got back in the lineup for the first time since the 7th of March. Uh, Picked up a a base hit today, a home run, uh, a well-struck home run. Good to see his timing starting to get down. I mean, he he pulled the ball a couple of times the first time up. You can kind of see him still trying to get his timing down, but then boom, that home run. And again, we're looking for guys who are going to bring – some some 
I don't want to say energy, but at least some fear, I guess, would be the way, or impact, as uh, Derek Shelton was describing it last week. And I think he's one of those guys that, again, if you want to pitch around a certain guy, if you want to pitch around Evan or you want to pitch around Corey Dickerson, Steve Pierce is one of those guys that can hurt you with the long ball, and he did that today against the Phils. And he hit it against a left-hander, which is good, because one would think that while certainly he can hit right-handers, look, we know that because we've seen him do it for many years against the Rays, but to see him in there against a lefty is very good. You can really kind of envision in your mind's eye him batting against some of the great left-handed relievers, and there's a lot of good lefties coming out of bullpens in this division, and there's some very good starting uh, left-handers that we're going to be seeing quite a bit this year. So I love the fact that not only did he come back and come back healthy, but he proved it with a home run. You know, Forsyth homer today, that was a good sign. Uh, Matuk and Schaefer homered. Who knows where they're going to end up this year, uh, at least at the beginning of the season, but certainly bodes well. But none more than Steve Pierce. The fact that it proves that the calf is good, the hands are still quick. He didn't lose anything after not playing for over a week. And he's probably going to play in the field tomorrow when the Rays are back in Port Charlotte. Well, as I said uh, a couple of days ago, Neil sat down with the Lakeland launcher, Steve Pierce. Thanks, guys. We continue on our countdown to opening day show, and joining us now, one of the new Rays, and I'm talking about Steve Pierce. Steve, first of all, it's good to have you back in the lineup today in Clearwater. I'm sure for you, it was probably a little bit antsy being out for a week when you want to get the at-bats. Well, um, first of all, thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Um, yeah, you know, injury is just part of the game, and I'd, I'd rather have it now, take care of it, and be ready April 3. So, I go right now. It's just you know, take it easy, let it get back in uh, into shape, and you know, I'm just glad I can, can uh, back on the field at another time, get my bats, and start playing again. And I guess one of the the things that you're learning probably about the Rays as you get accustomed is they have a staff that is going to be cautious and it's going to make sure to take care of you, you know, every step of the way. They are a great staff, very hands-on. It's um, you know, they they want you right, and they're going to keep you in there and. And yeah, that's what you want as a as as a player, somebody that's you know that's willing to pull the pull the reins for you. You know, make those tough decisions because as a player, you want to get out there and you want to play, and you'll lie if you have to. But so and, and uh, you know, with those guys in there, those guys will, you know, they're diagnosed very hands on, and um, they'll tell you what you think, and and, and they're very easy to trust with the guys. And you know, you have a reputation. I mean, we're talking to guys in Baltimore, whether it was media, whether it's players, coaches staff they all say steve pierce is a gamer um, and he's a great clubhouse guy and i was curious when you hear those words what do you think of as a really good clubhouse guy um good clubhouse guy i mean he's he's a guy that's it's a great teammate uh involved um doesn't really have to be vocal but you know goes about the game the right way um guy that can set a great example for young guys guy that everybody pulls for you know it's you know it's it's not hard to be a good guy to do things the right way you're here you got to do it anyway and and I, I take pride I've always take pride in, in my work ethic and 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 it, and it carries over and that's I think to you, a good clubhouse guy has to have all those attributes well and rubs off on other guys too so I'm curious when you were coming up whether it was through the pirate system or whether in Baltimore was there a guy who rubbed off on you in terms of hey here's the right way to do it and kind of took you under uh, he took you under his wing. Uh, there's a, there's a number of guys that that uh, that rubbed off on me. This, you know, being being professional and and this is the way they went about the game. And there's guys that I just saw. I mean, I could just pick parts from every guy. You know, it's maybe guys that didn't work hard in the weight room, but they worked hard stretching and uh, preparation, uh, video. So I mean, there were 
and you know every guy is different. Every guy has their own way of prepping for a game. So I mean, I always took the good out of out of a lot of players, not just one particular, but um, but it's all part of the game. It's it's everybody's their own player, and, and they got to do what they got to do to play. Are there a handful of guys though who you always admired at least? coming through that you said hey this is the guy hey i'd love to be like this guy or if i if when i'm done if i'm like this guy watching you know watching him work or watching him go at it watching him be a good teammate i'd love to be known as someone like that i think everybody here in tampa knows that zobrist was was a great guy and playing against him you know i saw you know he'd go into first base he'd play second base he played shortstop he played the outfield and for a guy like myself who's always been a utility guy you know, I would love to emulate my career after him. I mean, he's just, you know, when he gets to first base, when I'm on first, you know, we we talk. You know, he's a great guy. He'll ask about your family and everything like that. You know, he just he just seems like like the the perfect player for you to uh, for you to want to be like. Well, I think from a race standpoint, I don't think there's anyone who's a fan or a broadcaster or a member of this clubhouse that would argue with you on that. You know, you had, um, again, a reputation we mentioned that Buck Walter really liked you. So I'm curious from the other side, what it was like to play for him and what you learned about the game from playing for him. Yeah, he, he was a great manager. He made the game fun, relaxing, and um, he was a player's manager. You know, he's the guy that he's very approachable. Um, made the game fun and you know and then when it was time to strap it on it was time to strap it on I mean, he was he was a guy that keep everybody loose and and ready to go at the same time it, it was a great three and a half years when I played there and um, you know I learned a lot from him I mean, he, he was a great manager and um, you know I'll never forget my time there and you had I guess I don't know if I would call it a breakthrough as proper because when you were coming up from the pirate system you were a prospect I mean you had a hundred RBI season I remember going from single to triple a but were there certain things in that clubhouse and the environment that allowed you to, let's say, do the things you did the last couple of years and hit 36 homers over that span? Um, yeah, it, it, it was a very loose atmosphere. You know, it started from the you know the manager all the way down to the coaches, to the to the players, the training staff. It was a very fun fun atmosphere when when you enjoyed really going to the clubhouse. I mean, that's that's really one of the things when you have a guys we have guys there that are always having fun. It just made the game fun, and it's very similar to this clubhouse, and that's that's one of the things I like it, like about this place. I mean, it's you enjoy showing up at the ballpark every day. I mean, that's that's half of it right there. We're talking with Steve Pierce on our countdown to opening day show, and Steve is you know we looked from afar. Everyone talks about the American League East being a war in games between Boston, New York, or last year, Toronto. But we always felt, at least our broadcast crew felt, the games between Baltimore and Tampa Bay. They were the true wars, and they were probably the toughest games that were played all year. Did you get that same feeling being on the other side? Oh yeah, <laughs> these <laughs> games were epic. We always we always just joked, you know, it's like, man, why don't we just have the score be three to four? We'll put a runner on second base, and we'll just fast forward to the the eighth inning. Nobody out. I mean, I mean, it, every game was literally down to the wire, biting your fingernails, and just tough games. And and those games were. Definitely added years to your life, I mean, or subtracted years for your life. I'm sorry, I and mean, it was it was a um, those games were always a battle, and you know it was almost uh, whoever can get to the closer first was was going to win. When you got to free agency, was that something you considered or looked at and said, "Hey, the way this team gets after it, it's kind of like who I am, or or at least the teams I've been on." If it fits my personality, and fits fits the way I play the game. 
and um, you know playing against these guys for a long time. You know, I could see myself fitting in over here, and you know when free agency hit, um, Rays were definitely uh, top of my list. And uh, you know I'm very glad to be over here, and it's, it's everything I thought it would be and more. And you get to be close to home, not down here in Port Charlotte, but during the course of the season. How much did that all play into it? And do you remember anything as a kid coming to any games before you started your pro career coming to Tropicana Field? Uh, you know, playing close, you know, playing close to home uh, is something that I haven't done in you know since high school baseball. So you know that's you know almost 15, 20 years ago. So, um, you know, to be able to play in front of my friends, family, every day, uh, always have them here. I don't have to worry about being homesick, um, you know, especially at this point in my career. Um, this is definitely the ideal spot for me, and this is somewhere that, you know, I know I'm going to enjoy playing. Since Kevin Cash is a, a local as a manager, he's giving you guidelines as to how to handle the ticket request yet? or. <laughs> Uh, that, that's going to be a factor, um, you know. Like I said, you know, I've been playing against these guys for four years, so I kind of, kind of handled it, got it under control here because this is, um, you know. But it, you know, it's like a double-edged sword. You know, it's like you're close, but you're not. You know, it almost comes with the territory. You know, I, I love, I love when my family comes to the game. I love when my friends come to the game because they get to watch me play at, at the, at the highest level you can possibly play. And, and, uh, you know, and it, it's a, it's, you know, a great honor to, to be able to do that. And you've obviously performed quite well here too. Um, do you think that comfort level, being around friends and family, had something to do with it? Uh, maybe, maybe deep down, deep it did. Um, you know, maybe I swung a little bit harder, or you know, play a little bit more aggressively. But um, you know, I always enjoy when they're at the game. It's like I said, I'm played since high school, so you know, when they get to see me play, um, you know, I put I put a little bit extra into the game. You know, I want to I want to. I want to play hard for them. I want them to watch me. I have little cousins and nephews and all that. You know, I want them to watch me play the game, and I want to play the game the right way. And you know, and, and not just not just family, but you know, fans. I want them to see me play harder, and and I want to play the game the right way. And I want people to know that he does play the game the right way. As you get acclimated to your teammates, and I know it's early. You know, you guys don't even know who the set guys are definitely going to. Tropicana Field to start the season on April 3rd, but what are your impressions of Kevin Cash and also some of the guys who you know will be going north? You know, since I've walked into this clubhouse, I mean, this team has been very, very accepting of me. They've they've made me feel as comfortable as possible. Um, guys that I just I face just pitching or you know met at first base. I mean, they they have welcomed me with open arms and 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 they've made coming to the clubhouse very easy. And you know, sometimes that's, that's hard for that's hard for incoming players to do is to be accepted. And uh, you know, they've they've made it very easy for me to, to come in here and, and and play my game. And you know, same thing with Cash. You know, he's he's it's, it's not walking on eggshells around here. It's you know, it's have fun, be yourself, go play the game of baseball, and and you know, that's what you want as a player. I look around the clubhouse and see not only you but some other additions, be it Corey Dickerson and Logan Morrison and Brad Miller. You guys haven't played together yet in terms of the lineup up and down in spring training. Normally that happens that last week or so. But what's your feel on the group and the potential of the offense? You know, the Rays have always been known for their pitching. They've always been known for it. And, um, you know, these guys are, are huge pieces to a puzzle that, 
that needed to be filled. And, you know, I think, you know, even before that, they've always been a very competitive team, strong team, uh, a team that, you know, if you don't bring your A game, you will leave with a loss that night. And uh, I think, you know, with the additions that, that have been made this offseason, I think we're going to be a little bit more dangerous offensively. And, and you know, we always have the pitching. So, you know, it's, we're going to be a very competitive uh, team in the East. And it's going to be, I think, the league's going to know that very, very soon. As someone who's been on the other side and faced a lot of these pitchers, I'm sure you're glad not to have to face this group. But are there things that you knew being on the other side that you can even tell these guys, hey, here's something to look for when you're facing Baltimore or just how you handle yourself in certain spots because you saw it on the other on their side as a competitor? Yeah, you know, there, there are things that, you know, I, I had noticed always playing against the Rays, uh, you know, how much fun they were always having. You know, because at first base I was close to their dugout. And, you know, they're always – it's a very loose team, even when times are tough. You know, you look over and it's like, man, they're we're beating them, and they're you know they're still having a good time, and 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 that was always that always caught my eye. It was how how you know easy going and and um, and just the way they they played the game. It's very very scrappy team, and and you know I have been around for a while, and I'll, I'll give my opinions. And if you know if, if somebody wants to ask me about somebody from Baltimore, or the Yankees, or something like that, you know I'll tell them. And you know I think that's. One of the reasons why they brought me over here, I've, I've been around for a while, and, and, you know, I can definitely help. Well, we're glad to have you on this side to help. We certainly appreciate a few minutes on Countdown Opening Day and wish you best of luck as you get set for the opener. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. That's Steve Pierce again on our Countdown to Opening Day show. Dave, Andy, back to you. Okay, Neil, thank you very much, and we expect big things and really hope for big things this year from Steve Pierce. 36 homers the last two years combined, and they're not all against the race. Let's not make too much of that. Yes, he did hurt the Rays, but now he wears a Rays uniform. And he's going to do some hurting, I think, against some other teams, especially within the American League East. Well, with the Rays' new Big 22 plan, you can get tickets to the biggest games, matchups, and giveaways with tickets starting at just $25 per game. Purchase now to get a Chris Archer emoji T-shirt. Call 888-FAN-RAYS or visit RaysBaseball.com. Rays up. I'm Andy Freed with Dave Wills. We're counting down to opening day. It's April the 3rd this year. That's Sunday and. Folks, it is right upon us. We're talking more about the Rays when we get back after this on 620 WDAE on the Rays Radio Network. Rays baseball is back for 2016, and single-game tickets are now on sale. Don't miss your chance to be a part of the Rays' 11th straight sellout for opening day. Visit RaysBaseball.com or call 888-FAN-RAYS. Rays up. With Andy Freed, I'm Dave Wills. Neil Solon's helped us out with the Steve Pierce interview as well. And again, we are uh, broadcasting from Bright House Field in Clearwater, Florida, where the Rays earlier today beat the Philadelphia Phillies by a score of 6-1. to The Rays used a long ball and some good pitching. Nice formula for winning baseball. As Steve Pierce, Richie Schaefer, Mikey Matuk, and Logan Forsythe all went deep in the game today. And then Matt Moore went almost five innings and looked really, really good. Again, one bad pitch, kind of a 92-mile-an-hour nothing 0-2 pitch to Ryan Howard that he hit into the seats in right field. But, again, overall, a really, really good day. Evan Longoria did leave the game after an inning with a left shin contusion after he fouled the ball off his leg. But that's it. I mean, again, a lot of bright spots here at Bright House Field, uh, and the Rays are back to within a couple of games of 500. And as far as the Rays' schedule, they are back home tomorrow, Andy Freed. And, again, Neil Solons will have that game uh, for you on the Internet at uh, RaysBaseball.com. Neil will be uh, bringing you that ball game tomorrow against the Boston Red Sox. And then you and I are back on the radio this weekend, weather permitting, 
with a home-and-home against Baltimore. We'll be in Port Charlotte on Saturday against the Orioles and then on Sunday against the Orioles in Sarasota. Saturday, too, Chris Archer gets a chance to pitch, and uh, this is all leading up to the trip to Cuba. You know, the Rays are going to be traveling after Sunday's game in Sarasota against uh, the Orioles, and we'll take... Take the plane to uh, Havana, and that's really where the big story, I think, in baseball is going to be. This this trip, we got our media credentials today, and uh, it's starting to feel a little more real now. And while it may, uh, you know, you could look at it and say it's disrupting the, a flow of spring training, but you sure could say it's breaking up the monotony because I, I don't think we've ever had a moment like this. No team has really ever had a moment quite like this. I got my credentials, too, today, and it said Dave Willis. Nice. So I'm hoping I get in, or I hope I get out, probably more <laughs> so than getting in, but... We'll see how that does play out. But, yeah, it's going to be interesting, and uh, we'll be bringing you the ball game uh, with a full, uh, hopefully a full pregame show. Now, there's some discrepancies as to whether or not the, yeah. the game will actually be first pitch at 2 o'clock or it might be a couple of minutes early. Who knows? It's a fluid situation, as we're saying in the biz right now. But uh, we're put privileged to be able to bring you that game from Cuba and uh, looking forward to that game on Tuesday afternoon. And then our friends here on our flagship station on WDAE will also be broadcasting prior to the game, as uh, we believe uh, J.P. Peterson and uh, Ronnie Lane will be part of that. So it really will be a nice long day of uh, Rays baseball on our flagship station and over most of these same stations as we will be in Cuba on Tuesday bringing you that game and uh, looking forward to it. There's not been a major league game or major league team down there since 1999. You know it's a big deal when the Prez is coming, and that'll be a lot what you're hearing about in the news this this coming week. The race starting pitching this week has been part of the story as well. We've seen Erasmo Ramirez pitch very well, Drew Smiley pitch very well, Matt Moore today, Chris Archer. So, so far, so good with spring training. With guys staying healthy, you have little, you know, kind of nitpicky injuries here or there, but overall, it's been a very good spring training, Dave, and as we wrap up this show, a reminder, we do this every and Speaking Thursday. of pitchers, no big surprises. There were some uh, cuts yes. earlier in the week. We really didn't get to those, but among them were a lot of the top uh, prospects in the Rays organization, and uh, Blake Snell being one of them. No big surprise. The timing of cuts has nothing to do with how close you may or may not have been making the team, especially when it comes to a pitcher. This is just a chance that, all right, you were probably going to go to AAA anyway, but we want you then to start to get stretched out and be ready for the beginning of their season, which is a few days after the beginning of the Rays season. So, uh, again, I, I have a feeling we're going to see a few of the guys that we let go in the last few days in a Rays uniform before this season's all said and done. I would think so. Uh, as we get ready for uh, more Rays baseball coming up tomorrow, we remind you that this countdown to opening day show is uh, the executive producer is Larry McCabe. The game produced by uh, the game. I'm so I'm in game mode already. This show produced by Chris Miller and Jordan Caballellas. Production assistants Jesse Feldman and Lauda Ospina. Thanks to Tom Foley, Rays bench coach, and Steve Pierce, who had a home run today as the Rays beat the Phillies by the final score of 6-1. to one. we got all kind of baseball coming up. Our next broadcast on the radio Saturday and Sunday, and then Cuba next Tuesday. For Neil Solons and for Dave Wills, I'm Andy Freed. Thanking you for listening. This has been Countdown to Opening Day on 620 WDAE and the Rays Radio Network. We will talk to you again on Saturday from Port Charlotte. And we invite you, you can still get some tickets as the Rays take on the Orioles then. We will see you then. This is Rays Countdown to Opening Day on 620 WDAE and the Rays Radio Network. Thank you for listening to Countdown to Opening Day. Gory swings and launches one way up into the air into deep left field. All the way back and gone. Home run, a two-run shot for Evan Longoria. If you missed any of the show, download it at RaysBaseball.com slash podcast. What a blast. Join us for Opening Day on April 3rd as the Rays host the Blue Jays. Leo one. Swing and a tapper toward third. Evan charging. Bare hands. Throws. Rays win. Chris Archer goes the distance. And the Rays.
Rays beat the Astros by a score of one to nothing. For tickets, visit RaysBaseball.com.